everyone, and welcome to the Path 11 podcast. Before we get into our show today, we just wanted to remind you that we have our trailer up of The Path Evolution, the third film that's coming out in June of 2016. And we'd also like to encourage you to sign up for our newsletter. We're going to be offering some special things just to our newsletter participants, and sometimes that is going to be coupons. We're going to be opening up a store soon. We are also going to be offering some free shipping here and there to our international and local people in the United States. So be sure to head on over to the website, path11productions.com or thepathseries.com to sign up for the newsletter to get some extra deals. So today we're going to be speaking with Tina M. Zion, who is a fourth-generation psychic medium specializing in medical intuition and teaching it internationally. She has worked in the mental health field as a registered nurse with a national board specialty certification in mental health nursing from the American Nurses Credentialing Association. Tina is a Gestalt trained counselor graduating from the Indianapolis Gestalt Institute in 1997. Tina received her certification in clinical hypnotherapy from the American Council of Hypnotist Examiners in 1985 and is also certified through the Michael Newton Institute. Tina is the internationally known author of Becoming a Medical Intuitive, The Complete Developmental Course, The Reiki Teacher's Manual, and is a contributing author in Michael Newton's latest book, Memoirs of the Afterlife. We'd like to welcome Tina to our show. Welcome, Tina. Hello. Thank you. So it was really neat how I found Tina. Actually, I don't even remember quite how, but I remember a portion of it. Um, Through our PATH Facebook page, we are a member of a bunch of different groups, and I think... I found you through the Albany Lightworkers group, but I noticed that there was this workshop for medical intuition. So I ended up clicking here, clicking there, clicking somewhere else, and then all of a sudden it brings me to this workshop that you were doing in Albany, New York. And I was thinking this year that I really wanted to learn a little bit more about medical intuition because in my own Reiki practice, I would say over the past couple of years, I noticed that I was able to see quote-unquote, inside people's bodies or just kind of no information about some health stuff, but I didn't feel like I knew how to develop it. So that's one of the reasons why I said, well, let me check this out. And I just kind of kept clicking and ended up seeing what the workshop was about and signed up right right from there. So it was kind of neat how I found you in a roundabout way. Mm-hmm, that is neat. Yeah. So um, one of the things that I'd like you to maybe start off with is to let our audience know how you kind of came to this field of medical intuition. And you and I have pretty similar backgrounds. Um, I was a inpatient psychiatric mental health counselor um, in a hospital. So I found it kind of funny when, you know, you were saying that you were a nurse, but a mental health nurse. And um, so that was kind of me. I'm also trained in clinical hypnotherapy as well. And we both do Reiki. So I found myself to be just like really connected to part of your history, but maybe you can walk our audience through how you came from being a nurse in the mental health field to now being a medical intuitive. Hmm. Okay. Um, I do like it that we have all those things in common. I need to say that first, but um, I guess what I would uh, tell you and your listeners is that um, I grew up in a family where intuition was, uh, the most common, most normal, most regular thing to have in our life. And so we would talk about it at family gatherings who had seen, uh, you know, our loved ones who are in spirit, who had seen, you know, 
uh, someone lately. And so I grew up that way. I grew up with uh, we sending uh, vibes, we call them vibes, sending vibes to each other. And then we'd follow up with a phone call and said, oh, I got your vibe. And so, you know, here I am calling you. And it was always accurate. So, so I grew up with understanding that it is extremely normal. And I thought it was for everybody. I thought every family had this awareness and this understanding. So, so I grew up um, seeing spirits, hearing them, um, you know, in all kinds of ways like that. And then I got into the mental health field, and I just always realized I had that knowing. Um, and then when I um, had my first degree of Reiki, I was loving that, just loving it. I could feel the love coming through and that kind of thing. And all of a sudden, one day I was doing Reiki with someone, just volunteering during a woman's conference, and I was looking into her lungs. And then the, the next uh, actual client I had in my office, I was um, seeing polyps in her colon. And so it, uh, taking the intuition uh, into a, a medical intuition uh, place, that's really how it happened. It was spontaneous. It was um, while I was doing Reiki. And that's really how it got started, uh, at least in, in, you know, into that level of medical intuition. But I grew up with intuition being absolutely the most normal thing in the world. Right. And I remember and I, you I, saying at I'm sorry. I remember you saying at the workshop that you were that you thought that Reiki was kind of like door into some of this work. That you noticed a lot of um, energy workers will kind of come to medical intuition through Reiki. Yes. Yes. Well, I ended up after I um, went through all the degrees of Reiki, I started teaching it, and so I've taught hundreds and hundreds. And I don't know how many people um, taught them Reiki, and they kept coming back to me saying. So all of a sudden, I'm very intuitive. All of a sudden, I just am understanding, I'm uh, seeing, I'm noticing in a, a whole deeper way. And so I'm convinced that, that Reiki and possibly the other disciplines of energy work, um, possibly they are uh, door openers too, but I, I know for sure that Reiki is a door opener to uh sensing the non the non-physical world and how did you come into clinical hypnotherapy to add that to your practice well I was actually doing that clear back in 1985 so I've been a, a hypnotherapist you know for a long long time uh, now and I ended up um, specializing in past life regressions and uh, and then I spontaneously, or actually the clients spontaneously, would um, occasionally go into their life in between past lives. So then I got certified through Michael Newton's um, Institute for Life Between Lives um, Regressions. And so really that's how that developed. I was always fascinated with the tool of hypnosis, and so I was doing it for you know regular things like fears and stop smoking and things like that. And then um, 
I thought, well, I, I, I love past life information, and so people started contacting me about that and was working with that. And then, like I said, it, it developed into uh, even life between lives, and people would just spontaneously say, well, I don't feel like I'm in on the earth plane. I can look down, and there's stars underneath my feet, you know, or things like that. And so really that's um, how the hypnosis started. It's just my fascination with it and how it's a good tool in mental health. Yeah, absolutely. And Mm -hmm. um, I also know, too, that you're a contributing author in one of Michael Newton's uh, latest books, Memoirs of the Afterlife. Yes, yes. He um, asked people who were certified uh, through his institute if they'd present a case uh, in writing uh, because he wanted to do uh, a book that compiled um, many different cases. And so in Memories of the Afterlife, each chapter is uh, a different writer, uh, you know, because we each have a chapter. But then he actually, um, in the book, reviews the, the situation, reviews the case. So he's also a part of uh, Memories of the Afterlife. And so I uh, sent him a case, and the name of the case that I sent him was, I know I'm going to hell because um, a client came in, sat down, and that's the first thing she said is, I know I'm going to hell, and I, I need to check that out in a life-between-life regression. And so that's really, um, and he accepted that, that case. Wow, awesome. Congratulations. Cool. Uh-huh. Yeah, thank you. So for people who are really new to this concept of medical intuition, and maybe some people might have some fears about that, or, oh, what does that mean? This person can see into my body. Um, Would you like to maybe give a definition or explain what it is that a medical intuitive does? Mm, Okay. Um, An intuitive, actually, uh, in a session that they do for people, they are uh, picking up um, the prominent things that are in a person's energy field. And uh, so that's really what they pick up. They've become uh, really attuned to non-physical information and so much uh, information that is literally passed back and forth between people is in a non-physical uh, way and a non-physical level. And so... A medical intuitive also does that. They pick up general life information and things like that. But they also pick up a medical situations and where our energy is flowing and where it is stagnant, where there is illness and where there is health. Um, and then we also have that ability to... Uh, go even deeper, um, I guess, past the the aura and go into the physical body to also perceive the energy of different organs or the energy of different sections of our body. And here's what I would like to tell your listeners about this is that a lot of people that come to me... uh, are doing it kind of as a last hope because oftentimes they'll say, well, I've been to every specialist, I've been to many, many doctors, that kind of thing, and they can't find anything. And 
So the medical in, in, intuition actually discovers the story. There's, there's always an eternal story because we are eternal beings and uh, we can access so much of that eternal story that has led to a struggle in the physical, uh, in the physical world or in the physical body. Um, so we're able to access some cause of illness that, oh, MRIs and CAT scans and lab tests and blood draws and that kind of thing um, doesn't pick up. So we pick up, oh, emotional things or uh, things in the past life or uh, traumas that have happened earlier in life. And so I really hope that people um, would not be afraid of this because I only do this with permission. And as you know, April, that's, since you've taken the workshop, I really, really talk about that a lot, that this is um, very, very intimate when, when we do a session like this for someone. And we have to be so, so respectful that um, I never, even though I'm able to, I never do this without permission uh, with someone. Right. And that's why I teach all the time, too. Yeah, I, I have a couple of take-homes from, you know, the workshop. And one of the, the, the take-homes, too, was when we were practicing and trying to access information, you were talking about how intuition is information and it's very factual. It's, it's neutral. It's not an emotion. And mm -hmm. I've never really heard it explained that way, but it was so helpful. And oh. some, yeah, sometimes when you're doing this work, you feel like, and you said that this was a good thing, like, am I making this up? This feels crazy. There's no way. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Um, so maybe you could just uh, explain that too, what you mean by intuition being neutral and not an emotion and the difference between uh, understanding mm. that when you're doing this work. Mm. Oh, I like that question. Um, how would I say it? i got to think how to describe this. That intuition is simply uh, wisdom or information that is, uh, permeates the entire world. It permeates the cosmos. It also permeates our physical body, and, and it is that soul level of wisdom. And so we are not separate from the, the wisdom that is in the air around us. And wisdom and information is truly neutral. Uh, like a scientist would uh, work on their science project and they would do it in a neutral way as an observer um, waiting to see the outcome or what happens when you do this or that. And intuition is really another word for the ability to receive information. And so it's, it is, it's not emotional. In fact, uh, one of the ways to tell whether it's your thinking mind or your intuition is that our thinking mind, you know, when we're trying to make a decision or a choice in life or something like that, 
our thinking mind tends to, oh, yes, we should do it, and oh, I better not, and oh, this might be bad, or oh, it'll probably be good, and it will kind of wing around all over the place, where intuition will be very subtle. It will always say the same thing about an issue or the same thing about a thought. It will not um, fluctuate. It will not zoom around, yes, no, yes, no. Uh, It will always stay consistent about a topic. And so that's how I try to, to explain that it is very factual and it is neutral and it is simply the ability to receive information that is collected in the, in the collective, that is the, the wisdom or the knowing that we are actually sitting in as we, you know, you and I talk together and as the listeners listen to this, um, it's thick in the air all around us. It's part of us. Yeah, and the other really helpful thing um, that you explained to the group, and it was funny to see all of our reactions, it was kind of an aha moment for the group, was when you're working with a client, uh, you, you mentioned when you get there and you connect with their energy, what do you do? Mm-hmm. You just pause and you wait <laughs> instead of like kind of searching from the third eye and trying to mm-hmm. collect all this information. And you could see everyone around just looked at each other and we all started laughing and kind of shaking our heads. And it was like, oh, really? Just, you know, hang out there and pause. But in using that, <laughs> but in using that technique, wow. I mean, that, that was really helpful too because that made it so much easier to really distinguish, I think, for me personally, you know, Mm -hmm. information that maybe I was trying to intellectualize as opposed to that intuitive information coming in. Yes, correct, correct. It's not about searching for the information when we're accessing uh, the non-physical information of intuition. It's it's not about working hard to get it. Um, I do, uh, most of my private practice now is really mentoring of people on a one-to-one, either on the phone or Skype or um, mostly those two things, or here in my office, that um, most of it's mentoring for people to help, um, for me to help them build their own skills for intuition. And one of the the things that people do struggle with who love intuition and want to do it more and, and become, you know, very excellent at it, they work real hard at it. And it's, it's not about working hard. It's just a matter of noticing in a different way, I guess is how I would say it. Yeah, absolutely. And another really helpful thing, too, was you talked a lot about losing your rules. And when you gave us one of the first assignments, and I was one of those people, when we were working on a first person, the first thing I did was I had to touch them. You know, because that's what I'm used to. I'm, you know, doing Reiki. When people come into me, it's usually hands-on. And I started laughing after you said, oh, interesting. Most of you were touching each other. <laughs> you don't have to touch <laughs> yeah, each other. Yeah. <laughs> so that was, you know, and I'm still from that workshop looking at and trying to ask myself, hmm, what are my rules about healing work? What are my rules hmm. about seeing energy, sensing energy? And um, so maybe you could also explain how you don't need to touch and that you can do this work remotely. Mm. 
I think people get dependent if they started to receive um, intuition, intuitive information um, in a certain way, they tend to think that's the only way. And there's really all kinds of ways um, to access it. And so, you know, our hands really are one of the routes to uh, really uh, get attuned to picking up uh, that information. So, our, you know, our hands really are one of the paths, um, but any intuitive book that you pick up anywhere uh, is uh, going to, you know, they, they always talk about the clairvoyance, clairaudience, and, and all this. So there's many, many ways to really access that information. So when you heard that, um, it, it sounds like you noticed your rules then or noticed that you might have had some about your hands and things like that. Yep, sounds like yep, you did. Absolutely. Yeah, and it was it was great to, you know, after that when we were working on some other people that I didn't touch anybody, you know. Mm, I mean mm-hmm. Well and, and that's part of Reiki too, like you learn the distance healing and you know, I'm able to do that with friends and family members and things of that sort. But it was just interesting when I had a, a physical person in front of me, the first inclination was to, well, let me touch to look inside their body. So it was that was really fun to not be able to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, the other thing I wanted to talk a little bit more about, and you gave us the opportunity to uh, connect with a guide that was a specialist. So what are your thoughts on working with guides, spirit guides, and, you know, you term, uh, you had called it that you can call upon an actual specialist to help you uh, with working with people? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I talk about this um, quite a bit in my workshops and, and also my book, um, Become a Medical Intuition, or Become a Medical Intuitive, that if we call out to the universe, we have to be very, very specific because if we're not, the, and if we're not specific, the universe will respond in a non-specific way. So when we get very, very specific, um, there is a a great little book. It's called um, Calling on on the Heaven, I think is the name of it. And it's about uh, really sending out a request of who you want and what you want and what you need, but... uh, we need to do it pretty specifically. So just like here on Earth, you know, as above, so below, we have specialists um, all over the world who, you know, specialize in this and specialize in that. It's kind of like I do. I specialize in medical intuition. Well, there are specialists also in the spirit realm. And some of them have lived um, in a, a physical life and some have not. Uh, ever been a, um, in a life on earth. And so when we put that call out, we have to realize that we're sending out a vibration out into the air, and then that continues to vibrate beyond uh, the earth's field, and it continues to vibrate out into the universe. So I ask people to really take care of who and what they think of, and especially 
who and how and what um, we ask for. Uh, and the more specific, um, the, the better response the universe can do. So I don't know if that answered your, your question or your thoughts about it, but uh, you just don't want, I don't want just any old body to um, jump in and say they can help. I want to, to really uh, be aware of who's responding to me for whatever, for anything. Now, so we have to use a lot of care with our thoughts. And do you find that um, in working with your own specialist guides, do you have the sa a same guide that you've been working with for years, or do you have a variety of different guides that you call upon and work with, and do they change, or what's your experience like? Mm. We have... Um, some guides who uh, have been with us from the beginning of our soul's existence, we have some guides that um, are with us throughout our current life here on Earth. And then we have guides that we can actually call in. I had someone here in my office a couple of days ago, and there was a, a huge angel and I said to them, you've been uh, calling in angels, haven't you? And she said, oh, yes, I have. And I said, well, you've got one here very, very present um, and very delightful and very loving. And she had been asking, you know, just in a prayer or in a meditation, she'd been asking for um, just angels to come into her life. And uh, she received a, a very phenomenal angel. So... So uh, our thoughts are very, very powerful. And in the workshop, you know, I, I try to teach that in a, a very um, distinct way and um, how important it is, I guess. Yeah, and that kind of leads into, you know, when you're talking about our thoughts are very powerful. Um, some of the, I don't know if assessment would be the right word, but in looking at some of the body parts and the emotions that are connected, to them and some of the maybe thoughts and experiences that we've, you know, had throughout our lives and how that could possibly manifest within the body. Do you want to talk a little bit about some of the body organs and some emotions that might be connected to that or some good case examples? Hmm. Um, along with our thoughts being, being very, very powerful in the universe, uh, emotion will empower our thoughts even more. So, uh, you know, joy and happiness uh, empowers uh, a thought. Um, grief or sadness or shame also empowers a thought in a very heavy, more negative way. And there, like I said a while ago, there's always a story kind of underneath um, every illness. And much of the story um, is a, has a very, very emotional component. Um, and usually when it ends up as an illness, it's a more negative uh, emotion. So, for instance, I worked with someone just recently that has a long history of migraines. And I said, you know, your, your head 
looks this certain way, is what I told her. And I said, I'm perceiving uh, a lot of anger. And she, at first she couldn't recognize that uh, she was an angry person, which often is a, a key... Um, a, a key thing that people say about, especially about anger, it's, it's hard to recognize that we're angry, but people who tend to have physical problems because of anger getting locked into our body, um, they also tend to be the people that feel like they never get angry because they're, they can't look at it or not aware of it or can't deal with it, and so it gets um, all shoved down, you know, shoved away. And in this case, um, hers uh, was manifesting um, as migraines, you know, that pressure building up in one's head, that kind of thing. So long story short, um, that was very, very helpful for her, she said. And so we worked with her anger for, you know, quite a bit of the session. Now, do you believe that all medical things do relate back to people's stories and their emotions, or could it just be uh, coincidence and bad luck that something happens to a person? I, no, my understanding and my sense and in my experience is that it's, nothing is that random. And, you know, a lot of people in the metaphysical realm uh, already realize that there are no... Um, accidents, there are no coincidences, um, because the human being is actually very powerful in uh, running the show and creating their life. And we create our life with our thoughts and with our emotions. And some of it, you know, is meant to be, and and we are on a, a path, but we also have uh, a huge amount of choice as we chug along on our path, and that makes the path either uh, rocky uh, or we can create a smoother path um, as we, you know, move through this life. So I have, even in prayer, even Greg Braden um, has become very well known also. Uh, about the power of prayer and basically it boils down to if you are praying to God or source or whoever you're praying to the the prayer will go from kind of more empty words to power packed if we are feeling the words as we say them and so that, that really enhances, either in a really, really positive way or a very, very negative way, it uh, enhances the, the power of our thoughts and also our feelings and emotions. So it's all linked together. It's not an either-or. It's linked together. Right. Everything's now, linked together. Have you ever, um, I don't know how often you may follow up with, clients that you work with, but has there been any case of, I don't want to say spontaneous healing per se, but maybe you were kind of the last resort, they came to you, uh, they received a reading, they got more information that they could connect maybe what was going on through their story, through their emotions 
with an illness and worked on that and healed whatever the con- condition was. I've seen it multiple times, um, like right before my very eyes. In fact, someone's face will change. Um, they will release all this uh, distraught in their life and uh, they'll look, I'll, I'll even tell them, my goodness, you look 10 years younger. Uh, please go look in the mirror before you leave my office, uh, things like that. Uh, and I get a lot of emails back from people because people will always validate uh, your work. And the more you do this, and if there's any other intuitive you know, listening, um, you will know that you will always get validation. They will, even right in front of you, I will say, well, you seem like you're very, very low in vitamin D or something. And they'll say, oh, yes, I just had a lab test last week, and I'm very low in it. You're right. So the, the work will um, be validated, oh, just time and time and time and time again. And um, people will get back with you because you're, they're so thrilled that you've been um, helpful in their lives. Yeah, and I know that the way that you work, too, is you request to not have any information about the person before your session. So would you like to maybe tell people what a session with you is like and, and how you work to hmm. access this information? Mm-hmm. It's really hard sometimes to get people to not tell me um, about especially their physical condition, but but see, it's it's, um, it's a mind-body-emotion connection. So uh, sometimes people are here because of their emotional distraught, and sometimes they are here for literally physical uh, diagnoses that they uh, have and that kind of thing. So uh, it's hard to get people not to tell you that, but I do. I say, please don't tell me anything, and I just want to check in with your energy field before you tell me anything. And then I ask for permission, so a lot of permission. And all throughout the session, I'll ask for permission, too. So I will usually oh, tell them my initial impressions for probably sometimes the first, well, maybe up to 10 minutes. And then I stop, and I ask the person, you know, let me know if this doesn't make any sense at all or let me know if it makes sense so that I literally say that and they always always say oh yes that this makes sense that makes sense Uh, that's exactly where my pain is at Um, they can't find any reason for my pain um, things like that and so I will say again permission a lot I'll say well may I look now more deeply into, you know, your left shoulder or whatever it is. And so, again, I'm asking for permission, even though the person, you know, has asked for a a session, they have an appointment, they are paying money for it, I still ask for permission to begin and then permission even throughout because I'm going more and more deep into their story uh, deep into their, um, you know, their physical body, literally. And uh, it's, like again, like I said, it's a very intimate process. And then I always, 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 always give homework with, based on what my guides tell me, based on uh, what uh, I discover going on with them. 
but the homework is always uh, something for the person themselves to do because it's important, at least for me, that my clients also know that they are becoming more empowered, that I don't have the, all the power, that, that they need to learn. So I guess there's a lot of teaching in my sessions because um, I guide them into learning how they are empowered, how they can uh, follow through with their homework assignment. And their homework might be very, very normal, common things like you need to walk, you know, half a mile a day and your vitamin D is very low. Will you take vitamin D, you know, a thousand units a day or something like that? And so a lot of times it'll be very, very common, uh, regular, everyday stuff. Sometimes it will be, um, oh, emotionally based um, things, sometimes I will give them an energy assignment uh, because my guides are saying they need to fill their heart or their chest with a beautiful neon green or something like that. And so I have them practice uh, in my session so that they'll know how to do it before we end the session. So I, I, that's, that's really key in my work is that the, the clients realize they have as much and even more power in their own life and in their own body than what I have for them. Yeah, I and can you... Go ahead. I just hope that I'm uh, a, a key element in their healing is what I hope for. Yeah, and can you explain the difference between kind of sharing this information with the clients and diagnosing? Mm -hmm. Um. Unless, if I was a medical doctor, well, of course, they can diagnose, but I'm not. I'm an RN, but uh, I still cannot diagnose. And so I am, I hope, and I hope you would remember this too, April, in the workshop, that I'm very emphatic about uh, not diagnosing, unless you're an MD, but there's a lot of MDs in my workshop now, which I'm thrilled about. Um, and, but the medical intuitive can describe it. They can describe and describe. They can describe um, that there's a, a slow, bulging, energetic area, you know, in their intestines. Um, that there are, let's say in their colon, um, there's uh, red inflamed looking lines when you know that they have irritable, irritable bowel syndrome. As long as you don't use a diagnostic label on the person, you're okay. As long as you shift it into describing. And so instead of saying, you know, you have diabetes, um, I would say, uh, I feel like there's a lot of sugar in your system because I have a a sweet, sticky taste in my mouth, something like that. So um, we can describe, 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 but not diagnose. Yes, and I did remember that, which is why I wanted to just ask the question for our listeners, too, in case they were wondering, like, whoa, hold on a second, you know, what, what's the difference here between the two? Mm -hmm, um, yeah. And I know we're kind of getting close to the end of our time here, but um, one of the other things that I wanted to ask about 
was in your sessions, you said it was important to, you know, bring your energy back after working with somebody. And you gave us a, a tool or a metaphor to be able to do that in the workshop. Or well, we mm-hmm. created one for ourselves when you brought us through a meditation. And mm-hmm. so do you offer that tool to students? Because as humans, using metaphors and picturing things is very helpful to be able to imagine bringing your energy back and kind of disconnecting from the person that you're working with. Mm-hmm. Um, or uh, what if, like, sometimes I'm trying to figure out what the best way is to ask this question. Like some, I've heard some people say, but I don't have a belief in that. I don't believe that I carry anybody's energy. So I may not need to imagine myself coming back to myself and, um, you know, processing through something in order to disconnect. I just believe that I go there and then I come back and there's no, I'm not taking anything with me. Hmm. So your question is, what do I do if I have somebody that doesn't believe in that? Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah, or, I mean, how how important do you feel it is for people to to have that process in kind of pulling your energy back from clients that you work with? Or do mm-hmm. you just offer that as a suggestion for people to be able to see that cord of energy coming back to themselves? And how important is it, I guess? Well, again, I don't lug around any, um, any responsibility for um, – people who come to my workshops or even my own clients, but boy, I'm right there with everybody 100% and more. But at the end of a session, um, I would ask that you really, because again, our thoughts are, are very powerful and energy follows thought. So I do ask people to release the person they've just worked with and come back, you know, in ways that I get into in depth in the workshop, but, um, you know, so all I can do is offer that, and it's up to the client to do their homework. It's up to the student in my workshop to uh, try it, and um, some of the people that have the hardest time uh, in the workshop are professional in, uh, psychics, professional intuitives, because they have a certain pattern that they've been doing for years, and so all I can do is um, ask them to recognize the pattern that they've been working with for a long time and then try something new. Try my way uh, and see what you notice. It's kind of like people who work hard to become intuitive and I ask them just pause and notice. Well, we can't make anybody do these things, nor, nor should we, um, but it's just a... Um, uh, a request for them to allow a different way. It's kind of like back to you saying you, you thought you had to put your hands on someone to do this work. Well, I used to think that too. Uh, so it's just asking people to notice uh, and try a different uh, way. And I used to get uh, very intimidated when I had, I would have professional uh, intuitives come to my workshops and from all and you know all over the world because I teach all over the place now and uh, I used to be intimidated by that because some of them have been intuitive full time for you know 25 30 years but uh, they are the people who come up and say oh my goodness this has really really been helpful or I never thought to do it this way or something like that but again 
it's up to everybody um, to you know do what feels right to them. Yeah, absolutely. Now, if somebody would like to book a session with you, I know that you do it um, online. You can do it through Skype or personally in your office. But would you like to let our audience know how they can do that? Yeah, I, I don't do any um, sessions through email, although I know that some people are, are getting into that. But I do do uh, on the phone or on Skype or here in my office. And they would need to uh, call my office. And I, you want me to give the number? Sure, go ahead. Yeah, yeah okay. It, my office number is 260-490-1180. So 260-490-1180. And, uh, or you can actually email me uh, and ask for a session, and then my office will uh, get back with you. And my email is... Uh, my initials, TZ for Tina Zion, so it's TZ at Hughes, H-U-G-H-E-S dot net. And then my website is livingawareinc.com. Awesome. And I think you were saying at the workshop that your book came after the workshop. Is that correct? You kind of created yeah, the yeah, workshop yeah. and then you, yeah. And then I wrote the book because, uh, first of all, I thought, as I studied myself, and I thought, how on earth am I getting so accurate? I was amazing myself because of <laughs> the validation that people, I was. I would be wowed out. Of, oh, my goodness, how did, how did I get that so right? So I started studying myself, and then um, I studied myself, I don't know, six, seven, eight months and took notes and things like that. And then uh, I thought, well, I want to teach this because my goal is – to really integrate medical intuition with Western medicine. It's not an either or, it truly is a, an integration uh, in my hope. And now that I'm teaching it uh, in internationally, I'm um, even happier because uh, I do see a day where this is uh, going to be more integrated. I am seeing already that medical doctors, nurses, physical therapists are coming to my workshop. So I know it's happening, and, and that's my, my joy and love. But to, to finish your, your, with your question, uh, I studied myself, started the workshops, and I thought, well, this, this would make a good book, and I could access and touch more people's lives with the book. And now I'm working on a, a next book of a, an advanced medical intuition. So I'm working uh, quite diligently right now on it. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. And, you know, people can head on over to Tina's website and actually check out her calendar. You can see all the different places where she's going to be offering her workshops. And then oh, yeah. people can also request to book you for a workshop if they wanted oh, to bring yeah. that to. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up because that is how it happens is that uh, someone in a country or a, diff a different state will uh, contact me and, and say they would like for me to come. And I will um, say, well, if you, you know, host me and help promote it, then I will certainly be there. And that's how um, April, you and I got together, too, that I had a host yeah. uh, there in New York. And um, it was a wonderful group, actually. Yeah, and I'm on your website right now. It looks like you're coming back to New York uh, in Lilydale. 
which I've never been there, but that's pretty close to where I am. October 1st of 2016. So yeah. maybe I'll see you again. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Some people do take the workshop twice and they say they get even more. So, so that's thrilling too. That's very nice. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Tina. And I really do highly recommend for anyone that's interested uh, in this work to really get out to one of Tina's workshops, um, you know, book a session. I just really enjoyed just being in your presence, to be honest. You have very nice energy and you just seem like a very legit down-to-earth person. And I love meeting people like that in, in the field. And you really just seem to make everybody feel really comfortable and also felt very empowered and, you know, just trying to take ownership in this field of what we do and kind of knowing knowing our our power and our gifts that we're trying to put out there. So it was just an amazing workshop for me. So I really appreciate the opportunity to be able to interview you and talk to you again. Oh, April, that's so kind of you. Thank you so very, very much. That um, makes, you know, all my work worthwhile to, to hear those words, you know, from you. So thank you very, very much. Oh, absolutely. Thanks, Tina. All righty. Okay, have a great day. Okay, bye-bye. If you'd like more information about our films or to purchase our DVDs, you can head on over to our website at thepastseries.com. They're also available to purchase on amazon.com. Our films are also streaming online at vimeo.com, guyamtv.com, and iTunes. If you have a show suggestion or would like us to interview someone specifically, please feel free to shoot us an email at info at thepastseries.com or send us a tweet at thepastseries. Please rate and review us in iTunes and subscribe. We hope you enjoyed the show.